0: With our bagels and water and all that stuff. Beg- bagels? 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 <laughs> my vocal cords on the side of my neck don't work that way. I see.
1: From Rosemary's Baby and Reggie McNeil, to Jason, Freddy, and Chucky, to Samara, Jigsaw, and Pennywise, we can't get enough. If it's blood-curdling, spine-tingling, breath-quickening, or soul-stealing, we are ready to watch it. Welcome to Hilltop Horror Movie Reviews. I'm your host, Ray Richards. With me tonight are my two co-hosts, Ann Conley.
0: Hey,
2: guys.
1: And Helen Stewart. Hello. All right, tonight we are going to review the 2016 supernatural horror film, The Void. Written and directed by Steven Kostansky and Jeremy Gillespie and produced by Jonathan Brofman and Casey Walker. It stars Aaron Poole, Kenneth Welsh, Daniel Fathers, Kathleen Monroe, and Ellen Wong. The plot follows a small group of people who become trapped in a hospital by a gathering of hooded cultists and by grotesque creatures. The creature effects were crowdfunded on Indiegogo and raised $82,510, while the film's funding was done through traditional channels by the production company. It premiered at the 2016 Fantastic Fest and later at the Toronto After Dark Film Festival. The film was given a limited theatrical release in the United Kingdom, in the United States, and in Canada, initially opening in 31 theaters before expanding to 50. It earned approximately $55,000 on its opening weekend and grossed $149,000 during its release. The Void received positive reviews from critics, with many citing comparison to horror films from the 1980s.
0: Okay, so we're starting a new segment in case you listened to our last episode as well, where we are adding an alcoholic beverage to accompany whatever movie we are watching and reviewing. So with The Void this evening, we are drinking a Pizzazz Zin, a 2016 Old Vine Zinfandel, also from the Napa region. And the description for this Old Vine Zinfandel is perfect. You guys are going to love this. It is a gnarly headed trained vine that delivers brilliant wild cherry jam on a milk chocolate marshmallow background. S'more, please. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and, man, if that does not, you know, just on the nose with sort of the special effects and the monster effects and the, the gnarly headedness, um, I don't know what would go better with this. And it's a little smooth and a little spicy, so I think you guys are going to love that as a pairing with this flick.
1: All right, so when we get started, we go through our expectations going into the watch and then the review. So, Helen, what were your expectations?
2: So, in the last review that we did together, we read the the description pretty quickly, like the brief description, and I had no idea what I was getting myself into, (laughs) and I stand by that.
1: (laughs) All right, Anne?
0: Um, Yeah, I had never heard of this before, but I was definitely intrigued by the title, The Void. Um, I was definitely thinking more um, sci-fi-y, but sci-fi... Space. Definitely sci-fi, something to do with outer space. I I didn't know anything about this at all. And then when the opening credits came up with a very Stranger Things-esque, right, with the blue neon and the font and everything, I'm like, just make that red. And it's literally the Stranger Things intro. Um, All of a sudden, I got this very 80s vibe from it. And I was very disappointed. Now I obviously grew up in the 80s. I love the 80s. I love Stranger Things. Just be clear, but I was like, oh, like it just wasn't what I was expecting. But then that had really nothing to do with the movie. I don't feel <laughs> I don't feel like that carried the vibe throughout it at all. And I I wound up quite honestly it going it went in a totally different direction but enjoyed it overall, so we'll see.
1: Okay, well I chose this movie. And I literally chose it because I was going through Netflix Trying to decide what movie to review. And this one had like a crazy triangle with like tentacles sticking out of it. And I was like, I like H.P. Lovecraft, as I've said before, if you've listened to um, our other episodes. And so I was like, why not? Let's go with it. And actually, incidentally, one of the fun facts for this movie, Helen, I don't know if you have fun facts for this movie, but I have one fun fact for it. The production company, apparently the the gentleman worked one floor down uh, from, um, Gear. Giro- what's
0: his name? Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro? Toro? Yep. Uh do warm... you owe me a Coke? <laughs> yep,
1: one floor down from him. And and do... he was trying to make the In the Mountains of Madness movie. And I guess during that time period, this guy happened to be in the conversation with him about those things. And H.P. Lovecraft, and it gave him the idea for this movie. And hence, why this movie exists.
0: What do you mean he worked one floor down from him? Like Guillermo del Toro is just like hanging out in a condo somewhere?
1: I, I, it's It's in their production studio, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> That's so weird.
0: But cool. And of course, we do know how much you love love Lovecraft.
1: Yep. I love I love Love, I don't <laughs> love, like the love, I don't, let, me, let me make this clear for people who actually know who Lovecraft is. I don't like him personally, because he was an anti semite and and racist. Racist and
0: he's, ridi- he's
1: ridiculous. Yeah. Um yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, he's the father of modern horror, so I appreciate that. All right, so if that's it, I guess we should go into the trailer. Anne.
0: All right, here we go, and it's trailer time. Action. I can see it all before me.
2: You won't get far. Where'd you find this guy? I need a copy of Code 3 and I need assist. In a hospital than anywhere else.
1: All right, so I will say one thing before we go into the mm-hmm. first section. Mm-hmm. I think of all the movies we reviewed, this had the best trailer for audio.
0: Yeah, like, the, I thought it, the same thing. It was, was a so super
1: good. good audio trailer.
0: But is it also because the last trailer we watched, the audio was so bad? Oh, I, I think a lot <laughs> of them are bad.
1: I, think it's I don't so- know.
0: Remember, I love that Scream trailer so much because it was like quintessential movie voice guy. And yeah. It was its own amazingness, but this was really good. Too.
1: I just think it was good because the bad guy in this movie monologues so much. You can yeah. just take his dialogue and stick it in the trailer and there you go.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. There were a lot of good effects, a lot of good builds.
1: James flees from a farmhouse and escapes into the woods. A screaming woman tries to follow, but she is shot and set on fire by Vincent and Simon. Deputy Daniel Carter finds James crawling out on the road and rushes him to a local hospital, which has been largely abandoned following a fire, where his estranged wife, Allison, works as a nurse. At the hospital are Dr. Richard Powell, Nurse Beverly, intern Kim, pregnant patient Maggie and her grandfather Ben, and patient Cliff, with the staff at the hospital working as a skeleton crew. Daniel discovers an entranced Beverly murdering Cliff, her face flayed of skin. Beverly moves towards Daniel, who shoots her dead. Daniel collapses due to a seizure and experiences a strange vision.
0: Okay, so jumping into this, I want to say, right off the bat, I knew nothing about this film. And I loved not knowing anything about this. Sometimes I hate it when you watch the trailer or even if you read this type of thing ahead of time. So you sort of know what's about to happen. The opening scene in this movie where, again, those kids are running out of the farmhouse and they're screaming. You know, there's gunshots. They run through that door with the triangle on it is Immediately terrifying. I mean, I immediately had, like, you know, that jump scare where you're startled and my heart's beating faster. And um, it really reminded me of almost, like, the 70s cult killings. I was like, what's happening? That all these kids are sort of in this house and they're being hunted down and, you know, killed by this weird, you know, hick dude and, like, son or buddy or something's happening there. Um, So immediately I thought that we were really in for more of a film like that genre um so it was really interesting to see them of course then come to the hospital and what ensued later on was just very very different from how the movie first sets up but i loved it i i really enjoyed the quick start to this movie
2: i guess i agree with Anne. (laughs) so the triangle part i thought was interesting because you're curious as to what's going on but it's very vague i don't i was just really confused
1: (laughs) it it, it was it was intentionally vague Though. Right. I mean, it, in fact, uh, in the wiki page here, it does actually say below when you talk about the, the production and stuff that it was left intentionally vague so that people could read into it what they wanted to.
2: I think what bothered me about this was the pregnant girl and the grandfather, because I felt like at first that it was a creepy because you're kind of in the middle of nowhere that he was kind of creepily marrying somebody who was super young to raise children, probably to, you know, work
0: on the farm. Oh, 100%. In fact, I thought family incest. Right. I mean, I I thought – yeah, I didn't even think it was her grandfather. I thought it was her father. Right. And I was like, okay, incest. And he's there like babysitting her. And we've got – yes, some um, – oh, yeah. I was there 100% with you. But I love that too. I – I mean, you hate it because you're like, this is disgusting, but you're just like, ew, creep factor. You know, I don't know if that's true or not, but something is definitely wrong. Something's definitely up. You know, you add that to, of course, you know, the insanity that just happened in the beginning, the fact that this cop stumbles in there immediately. He has some drama with this hospital, with the people there, which you also don't know what's going on. I mean, there's a lot thrown at you right from the get-go that was on so many different notes. I just really enjoyed it. I enjoyed, the like, the cacophony <laughs> from the get-go, if you will.
1: So jumping to, to the grandfather and the, and the daughter, I don't know what you ladies are bringing to the party here, but, like, I didn't think there was any creepiness implied in the plot, really, on the part of the grandfather because the cop knew him. Like, you got the sense they all knew each other, you know what I mean, because it was kind of a small town or whatever. But let me back up to the beginning because I also was like, what is going on? And I immediately disliked, and I guess his name is Simon, and I'm not sure you ever know that in the movie, but I really disliked the, I guess, hickish older guy, the father of that crew. Like, you could tell yeah. he was just, like, out for, you know, revenge or whatever. And um, one thing I did think was funny is they lit the woman on fire, and you, you don't see her lit on fire, and you hear her scream, and then when they the shot widens, like, there's, it's just a lump of fire. Like, she's not flailing around. <laughs> she's just, like, dead all, like...
0: Yeah, and I was saying thank God. Yeah. Thank God. Because if we started this movie already for like children, you know, kid, teenagers, like being murdered and chasing them down, and I thought they were going to light her on fire, like run her over the truck, I was like, oh my God. I mean, seriously. Just after having watched Terrifier, I was like, I cannot take any more of that, right? <laughs> I, I was like, no. I, I so when they lit her on fire, and then she stopped screaming, and there was no like body moving or feeling, I was like, okay, oh God, like at least there's some mercy. <laughs>
1: in I could have, I could have used a little flopping. It kind of took no, me out. I was no. like, this is really. It no. took. It, it made me feel like it was a bad effect. But I will say, I no. saw this movie twice. I watched this movie twice, and I actually liked it better the second time. And I was actually scared more the second time, which is really a strange thing for me to experience. Because the first time I watched it, I don't know if I had a hard time getting into the vibe of the old school special effects. And, you know, I mean, they don't look, you know, quote unquote real. I mean, they're good effects, but.
0: I don't know. They're pretty good effects. I well, the, were great effects, well they're, yeah. that's what I mean.
1: They're good effects, but I mean, you know, you <laughs> can not tell.
0: CGI, you
1: yeah. can tell it's a it's a fake, you know, head, a fake face, a fake, you know what I mean. It doesn't look like a real person's head in, oh, in, in those know. shots. Have, but... have you
0: ever seen people's heads with tentacles going well, through the eye of sockets? No, but I mean,
1: I'm, still, I'm just saying, like,
0: <laughs> I mean, all the time. But... <laughs> I'm just, I work in science.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're all the time. That's what we do. Yeah, um, but I will say that, you know, <laughs> what watching... are you
0: growing in that? Lab? <laughs>
1: <laughs> watching it the second time, like, I think I got into it more, and it and it, and it actually. I guess scared me more.
2: I can see that. I think th- I only got to watch it once, and I was kind of sad because I was really confused as to—I mean, it felt like there was like four different movies into one on this. And I thought, having watched it once and then going back, like I would probably understand more of what was happening, and that would then terrify me because hmm. you're kind of getting more to the story. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, hands down, my favorite part of this movie is the sexy Daniel, cop, the Daniel Carter, like the
2: sexy cop. Wait, the guy. Okay, yeah, no, I mean, I agree so, with you, but...
1: So he he is <laughs> the best actor in this movie, and he is by far the best thing this movie has. I mean, I, I think put- if he wasn't in it, I'm not sure that I would like this movie.
0: He's phenomenal. He was He's great. He's phenomenal. Yeah. Let's be clear. He's funny and oh, he was serious. Oh, like yeah. His oh, facial so, expression. Oh, he was so awesome. The eyebrows. The crazy hair floppy thing. Oh, I just okay. And other than the ridiculous stain on the shirt, which I just can't even handle, the <laughs> the lack of consistency of how much blood. Was, okay, oh, yeah, other that's other than that. Oh my God, he was so good. I was saying he reminded me of like an early Robert Downey Jr. and. I don't know if he's been in a lot of things or if he, He, you know, he
1: has not, by the way. I did look him up today, okay. earlier today. He has been in nothing I have heard of.
0: See, that's exactly what I hypothesized Because I figured he's just really raw and really fresh. And he's probably just like anybody else, you know, with these actors out there. The more movies they're in, the less authentic they become. Because mm. then they're, like, over-directed and over, you know, sort of, like, massaged. He was awesome throughout the movie. Oh, my God. The way he delivered his lines. I mean, everything all the way from, like... Literally, like, a guffaw, like, laugh out, like, you know, just the humor that he brought to it all the way down to, like, to the realistic terror and screaming like, and everything he, else.
1: I like how he was, like, he's, like, fuck it, fuck it. Like, the way he would <laughs> just, like, under his breath. Like, he did a lot of this stuff where it it, it was almost internal. You know, yeah. he's speaking to himself. Yeah. But it was, it was so natural.
2: Yeah, I agree. I thought even when he was talking in his cop car to the dispatch person, like he (laughs) felt like there was a close relationship there and you never even saw her. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought they did definitely pull like some things off really, really well. Um,
1: The only thing about him that annoyed me a little bit was the hair. There's this little floppy thing with the the hair. hair And I was like, if he could just pull that back. But that was kind of like what they did, I think. It was was floppy when he was supposed to be like normal cop and then like it was bad. When he was like serious, serious cop, cop yeah. like axe man.
0: No, I liked it at all. Yeah, it was good. All
1: right, so in this section here at the beginning, we go all the way up to when Beverly is shot by um, Danny. Now, I'm going to say that it's really escalated. I mean, the movie obviously began with people being killed, but then like you get in this hospital thing, and I'm expecting like, oh, we're going to have like a whole first act of them like getting to know each other and every blah 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 blah. And you get like, I would say like a third of what I expected, and then he comes around the corner and bam. There's, you know, Beverly sticking a, you know, what was Pear she? Pair of scissors. Like, Pair of uh, yeah. scissors in Cliff's face and like her, his eye. Yeah. And her yeah. face is all peeled off. And to be honest with you, speaking of Helen about the plot and not making sense, like I'm still unsure exactly why she was crazy or why Dr. Richard Powell decided you know to make her go crazy. So
2: yeah, I it's like so I that scene really creeped me out because it wasn't like she was manic or going super crazy she just very calmly is slowly putting the scissors into the eye socket of that poor kid
0: and <laughs> i'm super creeped out that she turns around and she like scalped herself mm, mm-hmm. it's creepy yeah. yeah yeah again it was just very intense and and what was so interesting like again we were saying that opening scene with you know shooting the kids and lighting them on fire and just that was such a different kind of scary and then you get to the hospital, and then you have like this weird like, oh, and the hospital had had a fire. Remember? So immediately you're like,
1: ew. Yeah, which, which I gotta be honest with you, that was I liked that. It was so unique. Like it was like a mm-hmm. unique thing in a movie where mm-hmm. he's like, I gotta take her to take him to a hospital. It's like, oh, it, it had a fire, so it's being closed down. And like, I don't know, I. I I, it was refreshing to me that it was different.
0: It was. I thought exactly the same thing. I was like, "Oh, that's so different and like super creepy." Then you're like, "No, no, no! That whatever it is, it can't be good to go to." Then you get there, then you have sort of like the incestuous, you know, grandfather or father daughter.
1: I deny the incestuous. <laughs>
0: it was. It was just weird. It was creepy. I'm not. Yeah, the my relationship relationship the, was not the grandfather
1: was very paternal. He just wanted to like take care of her. That's all.
0: Um, okay. This, all right. This is clearly like, you know, very interesting to me because I think when you see, you know, from women and from men, like from the w- female's perspective, that looks like a woman at risk. Let's be clear. Yeah. Like when you see like sex trafficking or something like you're like, mm,
1: well, she wa- she, not right. well, she obviously was at risk because she was, you know, being seduced slash whatever by the doctor. Well, that's so, what,
0: like, made it come full circle. And then you're like, okay, like, and, and later when the grandfather has more lines, you do like him as a character. But initially, he just seems
1: like a creepy old dude. Yeah, he I, does. I felt like he didn't because Daniel, who's our, you know, protagonist, obviously knows him. Like, he turns around and goes, hey, hey, how you doing, whatever. And they talk. So, like... He doesn't think he's that bad. That doesn't mean anything, and, no, though. You
0: don't know Daniel at this point. No, but point. I'm saying, like,
1: I don't, I don't think the movie gave you any reason to question his, his authenticity.
0: Well, all I'm saying is two single female <laughs> viewers completely separately got the exact same vibe. Yes. The one other thing I really want to call out, too, um, to just add to the creepiness was in this intro, in the beginning of the movie, there was no music. There was no soundtrack. There was very little sound effects. I mean, it was weird. And I was kind of getting really ready. You know, you saw that 80s, The Void, Stranger Things is all about the soundtrack. You know, a lot of the 80s movies are driven through soundtracks, which is awesome. And this had actual literal dead silence in portions of it. At some point, they have the camera going down the, the hospital hallway. And you barely hear just like, just like air. And I was like, this is so weird. I was like, I really hope the rest, I, I really hope the rest of the movie isn't like that because I love the soundtracks. And actually we did get much stronger movie later on. So I wonder, you know, what was the reasoning behind really consciously making that decision to keep the beginning essentially void of music, if you will.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, in, in, along with the sound, I think I was surprised that there wasn't more blue in the movie. You know what I mean? Like I expected that sort of tone since it since it was all blue mm-hmm. in in the in the um graphics and in the sort of cover, if you will, on Netflix. Like I expected to see more blue in the movie, but really didn't get that either.
0: Hmm. Bad marketing.
1: Well, I mean, I guess when half the movie is red because it's blood, I mean, you just kind of mm, go with it. That's but
2: true. <laughs> so I thought it was kind of interesting, and I don't know if this is like an on purpose situation, but I felt like there was like a, a kind of like a tie in with Halloween 2 where it's the empty hospital. So I kind of got, a, like, a Carpenter vibe there. Mm-hmm. So I just figured I'd throw that out. Mm-hmm. I Halloween, liked
1: it. Halloween 2 <laughs> has been retconned per Halloween 2018. I, well, you know. <laughs> I know. I'm just messing <laughs> with making
2: you. making a
0: sad face. <laughs> I'm just messing with you.
1: <laughs> Daniel shoots Beverly. And I like the realism. And I don't know if it's once again because of his acting or what. But, like, he's like, fuck, when he shoots her. And he goes back. And, like, it's all about I want to I call it in. I want to whatever. You know, there's this whole, like – realism – well, I don't mean if you're a cop, maybe it's not realistic, but I don't know anything about proceed those procedures, so it's realistic to me. But this whole thing with him wanting to call it in that – I don't know. I appreciated it because it wasn't necessarily – directly related to the plot but it also but it was realistic on what you would do you know what i mean
2: yeah i feel like with the small town vibe that and the fact that he knew everybody that you know as a personal touch he would want to be the one to say like yes i this is what happened but i felt like that whole scene where he does shoot her where she's slowly coming at him was kind of creepy in itself Mm because you know it just it just was different than what we've seen previously where you're more having the running at you and trying to attack you type
1: thing yeah i think it was supposed i think the reason the slowness works is because it's really about the psychological angle of him being like i don't want to shoot you you know what i mean like they're trying to draw that out slightly i think in addition to the fact that you're seeing the you know peeled back face for the first time that's the first time you're seeing that thing and
2: and his reaction nice. afterwards was very, like, yeah. scuttural. When yeah.
1: When his hand shakes, like, he does that handshake really well. And you can see him, like, messing with his hand the rest of the movie. And, like, when he's trying to get the um, the shotgun out of the car later on, like, he can't, like, get the key to work right. really. Yeah.
0: Oh, interesting. I didn't even see that. I mean, uh, you guys are, like, literally making me want to watch this movie again. Yeah, I thought his reaction, I, I just want to echo your thoughts, was it – seemed very real like he was sick with himself um not only for probably shooting and killing the first human ever you can assume as a cop yeah,
1: probably somebody knew
0: but and then i was gonna sorry. say on top of that yeah thanks for the interruption sorry but okay, yeah. I'll, mm-hmm, I'll... Mm-hmm. no it's fine <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna <laughs> we're kidding we of could, we kid, we kid. <laughs> but yes also shooting somebody that he knew and was familiar with and then after she had self-mutilated herself i mean there are just so many layers to that situation but I always feel a little bit like when I see that, like, why didn't you shoot her in the leg? Why didn't you shoot her not central body mass to just try to stun her? You know, so, I get it. I get it. You're in the moment and like shit happens. Well, like, I, I can't be a judger. Obviously, I've never been in that situation. But you kind of go, mm.
1: So I was in the military, right? And I went through weapons training, M16 and M9. And you are taught to shoot center body mass. Right. You, yeah, no, yeah, I know. I get not, it. Yeah. I
0: mean... I know, but you know, she's six feet away. It's somebody that you know, moving at a slow pace.
1: That's why you're, you're trying that, that's not why you're, to trained. That's why you're her, trained. But you're
0: not trying not to fatally injure her. I
1: don't I don't You're think not taking
0: out enemy combat in no, but Afghanistan. I, but
1: I think there I think you're trained though that if you draw your weapon you're you're drawing it to shoot. I, I, I think it's very I feel like it's very difficult to to do that. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I just feel like there could be like a whole cop commentary here and I'm not gonna go there, but you know, I mean, maybe he should. I was have, like, maybe eh. he should have had a taser. Yeah, I mean, he could have like body rushed her and like punched her in the face, or you know, nah, there could have been a, some additional.
1: She had a sharp implement.
0: That's oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I'm just saying there are alternatives, but it is what it is. I mean, again, you panic. I mean, you're freaking out. Somebody who just peeled her face off, flayed her face, mm-hmm. is coming out with. I mean, I'm shrugging. I'm not. I'm not judging, man. I just wish you know. It wouldn't have mattered. In this instance, she was sick and she would have gone after him anyways. Right. Yeah. I'm saying for his own sanity, you know. It maybe it would have made him feel better if he had, like, shot her in the foot first. Right.
2: <laughs> maybe. Get her in the kneecaps. Maybe.
1: <laughs> While everyone struggles to figure out what happened with Beverly, State Trooper Mitchell enters the hospital to collect James after discovering a bloody scene at the farmhouse. Daniel goes outside to call in Beverly's death from his patrol car, but is confronted by a robed cultist who wounds him. He manages to return to the hospital as the cultists surround the building. Daniel and Mitchell rush to James' room. When they hear him screaming, they find Beverly's corpse has transformed into a tentacled creature as Daniel and Mitchell rescue James and lock Beverly in the room. In the lobby, Vincent and Simon enter and hold the group at gunpoint, demanding to get James. James takes Maggie hostage to protect himself and stabs Powell, who falls to the floor. The Beverly creature emerges from Beverly's room and takes Mitchell, its tentacles penetrating his body. Vincent and Simon kill the Beverly creature and regroup with the others in the lobby, setting Mitchell's body on fire. Vincent and Simon accompany Daniel to retrieve a shotgun from the from the patrol car while Allison ventures into the basement to collect the medical supplies for delivering Maggie's baby. Powell rises from the ground and captures Allison. On discovering that Allison is missing, Daniel and Vincent search for her and find photographs and files indicating Powell was the cult's leader pal phones daniel taunting him and mentioning the vision of daniel experienced while unconscious
0: yeah i mean i was really thrown for a loop i like the different twists that were throughout this movie that i wasn't necessarily expecting right like the doctor sliced up and then kind of resurrecting as the cult leader i mean i i just i wasn't expecting that i thought that was a cool twist
1: yeah no i mean that came out of completely left field to me and in fact watching it the second time i was trying to look for tell's in the character that would indicate that he had some ulterior motive. And I really couldn't find any. And I, and I, that was one thing I sort of detracts from the movie to me a little bit is like, if he was this cult leader, you would have thought that he would have, you would be able to figure it out on second watch. Like you could see some th- odd things. Um, obviously he goes into his daughter being killed, which right. is the reason he got into it. And that's, and I understand the reasoning. I'm not, you know, doubting any of that, but like the only thing he really does is he, when James takes Maggie as a hostage, he comes forward to get her, right? But, like, James is supposed to know that he's the cult leader, and yet he doesn't go, he's the guy, he's the guy. Like, he doesn't say anything like that, and I'm, you know, on second watch, you're like, why wouldn't he have said something, like, about it?
0: I don't know. Do you think he was just trying not to exacerbate the situation? Well, like I, survivalist instincts, things like just don't fucking say anything and get through it?
1: Well, I don't know. He was yelling. He's got a scalpel up to the, the girl's neck and the other guys have a shotgun mm-hmm. and what, mm-hmm. all this stuff. Like, Well, I he just... probably
0: knows that he holds all the power and he's got all these cultists. You know what I mean? Maybe he just doesn't want to enrage him. I,
1: I don't know. Then he sticks him in the neck and that's pretty much it yeah. for...
0: Yeah. Then he's like, I'm just going to kill him. I'm going to do y'all a favor right here. Yeah,
1: which he references later on in the movie, but... Yeah. <laughs>
2: So I guess what I was a little confused about, and I think this is probably the strange vision that we talked in the previous description of Wiki, Mm -hmm. was like we have uh, mountains, right? I wrote this down. Mm -hmm. Weird clouds, potentially a heart, some sort of organ beating. Mountains and a nebula? Yes, yeah, so like all together.
1: So I wasn't I, confused by that at all.
2: Um, I because assume it's that's, Lovecraft. That's
1: Lovecraft. I mean, it's, it's so it's cosmic horror. So this is. Oh my, like, am
2: I seeing a nebula right yeah, now? Yeah, because it's it is. been a while. Yeah. You know, high school <laughs> astronomy class yep. or whatever. Um. Yeah. Go, girl.
0: Vocabulary word for the week.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that, that's cosmic horror, right? That's what it is. It's all about uh body morphing and body horror combined with this sort of extra dimensional slash. You know, I mean, when Lovecraft wrote, they didn't know Pluto existed. So I mean, he was writing about essentially I mean, does it was it exist. I'm still butthurt about that one. It's a dwarf well, planet. It now. does. It exists, <laughs> and, it had, and, <laughs> it, and it we've
0: <laughs> we've readopted it as a dwarf, and
1: planet. it has a lovely heart on it. So yeah, I never it's knew wonderful. that it has a heart on it. Well, Did we, you know that? we didn't know that no. until. I didn't last know. year or two years ago. Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't think our telescopes were good enough. Back it has a giant was... dark heart on it. It's so cute. I'm glad we readopted it.
1: So anyway, the point is, <laughs> L- Lovecraft didn't know. So th- this is cosmic horror. So when I saw it, I was I was like, okay, I understand exactly what's going on.
2: So it was like a triangle thing, a well, Lovecraftian thing. No, lo-
1: the triangle's not. That's just something they, they okay. Because I would have
2: like I know this is they were trying to be intentionally vague. I would have loved to know what those equations were on that thing. mm Hmm. Because it was just like a flash and then you're just like, oh, but what does it, uh, you know, because you would like to figure out what it means. What does but, it mean?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And I mean, the the triangle generally is a very strong symbol through astrology, astronomy, math, you know, nature. I mean, it's, it's sort of one of those universal figures, which I thought was very cool. But I will say to your point, I was totally confused by what was happening with that flash and what it meant. Because you see, of course, the mist and what you think are mountains. But I was kind of thinking pyramids, oh. Egyptology, I was I was literally like, are we going like King Tut here? Like, what's happening? Right, that's
1: true. Because,
0: I mean, we had the triangle, but then they really did reference pyramids. And you see, at the end, they actually do have literal yes. pyramids. yeah, you're right. And then I forget what movie it was where the alien ships are pyramids. Remember that?
1: Uh, yeah, weird... I do know what you're talking you about, know but I, I mean? don't remember what it is. There's yeah. some
0: weird movie. Uh, 90s.
1: Stargate oh that's got to be it well stargate's uh, definitely one of them stargate's the sure one also. where it's it's that's the whole thing with egypt and they, they were the it gods the, and that's mm-hmm. the whole thing yeah okay yeah i mean i mean the, the the pyramid is not obviously just egypt i mean they're using it in this sense for for us like an extra dimensional thing but i mean i guess they had to pick a shape and they, oh, they triangle, say yeah. they say the but,
0: trilogy right like god jesus like holy ghost yeah. type of thing the trinity is, trinity exactly
1: did you say trilogy
0: <laughs> she did oh did i yeah oh i'm sorry that's okay That nah. was really that was funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, so, the third coming of christ yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. so
1: one of the one of the lines i loved in the in this section is somebody's like well there's nothing to worry about inside that's why this woman goes to you know get, it's like well nothing to worry about inside and the, one guy goes are you in the same fucking building? Yeah, oh, I, that love like, that. I love yeah. that line. I love, I love that. That, line. that was our
0: cop. That was our boy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's so You're in good. The same fucking building. <laughs> yeah.
1: I like how he Jesus. calls it out. Yeah.
0: Um, also, I I like don't even want to do it, but I feel like we could pick this plot to pieces. Like the idea that the cultists weren't coming inside and why, and I, they're just like. You know, at the end of the day, a lot of just – it didn't make too much sense if you really start to nitpick.
1: Yeah, I mean, why arbitrarily are they just standing outside and letting, you know, the the cult leader kind of do his thing in there, you know? And oh.
2: so I thought that they said that they weren't trying to come in. They were trying to keep them from
0: going out. Right, and they totally did say that. Yeah. But at the same time, but, I mean, if you really look <laughs> at this as a macro – he's transforming and having the ultimate ritual, the ultimate ceremony. He's birthing his daughter back into the world. Spoiler alert. You know, if they were actually doing that, all the cultists would be there and this would be some huge ritual. So plot wise, I was like, "Eh." but execution wise throughout the movie, I mean, it was super cool. It was super super creepy. creepy, Those cultists were crazy freaking creepy. And I didn't understand for half the movie that they were real people because then you're like, are they sort of like delusions are I mean they go out outside right and then the car is really far away at some point right you're like this is all me- like playing with metaphysics so I didn't really know and then they start getting into you get the reveal that like the doctor is this cult leader and da 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 and I was like oh oh they are cultists they're like physical
1: people <laughs> yeah which which by the way not to get too far <laughs> off the physical people but yeah they find out they find out that the doctor is the cult leader because he has like. An old battered tin with like Polaroids and like his journal <laughs> in his office, yeah. and I'm like,
0: really? And a tattoo on his arm that says, "I'm the cult." Yeah, leader. exactly. Like, <laughs> he,
1: he, he doesn't have that tin like down in the basement, sub basement, where he actually does it. No, no, no. He has that in his normal office, just sitting right next to his.
0: And and you can only assume, right, that he took it out and he left it there on purpose to taunt them. But still, like that would just be so methodical and like thinking so far. I just, yeah, it was a bit much. Yeah. It's a bit. Much.
1: yeah, I mean you're right. The plot is you could rip this plot apart. like what's the best way to keep them from getting out? I don't know, have the 50 people come in and just take them and that's do whatever true. you're gonna do with them. you know. But I
2: felt like I they were like in a trance and that's yeah, I mean they I, were just following the bidding and maybe he couldn't get them to all act that way.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, the one thing I really liked was, and they didn't ever really reference this again except for two times when they were outside, was the horn. And it was very yeah. um Stranger Things esque was this horn. And I was like, man, does the horn have something to do with something? But no, it was and just that's like very, and who's
0: who's blowing the horn? And that's very Lovecraftian. Actually, sure, the yeah. weird noises. Yeah, yeah. I love that part of it. I wish they had played that up a little bit more, to tell you the truth. But this weird, you know, the only other thing would have been like take all these people and like transport them to Antarctica. And then that would have been sh- like check everything, believe, check, check believe, every box. I believe that's the
1: thing from 1984. We're talking about that movie. Yep. Is it? It is. is Kurt that Russell,
0: in, like Antarctica. Yeah. Oh, now I gotta go. Well, we gotta watch that. Oh, no, no, we, we can do. watch we the thing. Another classic. Yeah, mm. probably
1: not next because it's basically this movie, or <laughs> if this movie is basically it. I should say.
2: Mm-hmm. I I did love how he goes out and there's the one cultist stabs him. What I guess is near the heart, which was creepy. And then they just have all of them. And then they all just point their knives in the same direction. It's like, so you all got the same knives?
1: Like, I was just... Well, they're all the same robes. But that's
0: that's what I mean. And, like, it it was like a color guard. Like, it was so, like, perfectly coordinated. I didn't know if it was projections. Like, I didn't know if it was hallucinations. And even his reaction to it was like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you got closer somehow? Yeah. I mean, the whole thing was playing, like I said, on these metaphysics, which was super cool and trippy. And then, like I said, you really thought they weren't real. Like, there was something weird, very alien going on with that. And then later you find out, oh, they're just like actual cultists, like actual human beings. And you're like, I don't know if that's more, cre- like more creepy or less. Right. Um, but it was really well done. And like the triangle masks, masks like the KKK whole thing. Yeah. It's creepy.
1: So let's talk a little bit about Vincent and Simon, since we haven't mentioned them yet. My least favorite character in the movie from the narrative's perspective is is the, is the dad, is Simon. I really disliked him as a character. Um, when Daniel, was he, what does he say to him? smug, smug son of a bitch or whatever he calls him. Our, our hick dude? Yeah. When, when Daniel says to him, like, like he definitely had this smugness and.
0: Remember the like, may I approach? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I just, I just disliked him pretty much all the way to the end, to be honest with you. And I was happy when, um, he got his body mutilated
0: okay he grew on me like for sure i mean he was such a weird character arc though like i liked how we talked about the hospital being very unusual with the fire suddenly being there You're like ooh, interesting twist this guy and his character was not your typical you know character development character arc because you start watching the movie thinking that he's literally the bad guy that he's literally the cult leader and he comes in there you know arms blazing, busting people up, trying to kidnap this other, you know, I mean, he's, he's a druggie, but, you know, this other kid. And you're hating him and thinking that he's the number one threat, you know, and then you're thrown for a curveball, uh, you know, realizing later on that actually his family was killed and he's a victim too. And of course, actually, he's just trying to protect everybody. But it wasn't done in that really like, patronizing kind of way that i feel like a lot of movies do they sort of you know turn the tides and they kind of oversimplify it and they're like oh but in actuality this guy's really the good guy like i didn't feel like this movie played it that way because he was kind of still an asshole he was still doing what he was doing he had adopted this other kid right and was his caretaker
1: i think it was was it his kid in real life i don't know
0: i didn't get that what did you think,
2: I,
1: Helen? I, that's the one point I was
2: th- I was, I was unsure. I, felt, I thought he was, and then I thought he was, and then...
0: I felt like what he said was basically, like, they were both victims, and, like, these aliens or whatever had attacked and killed his family and this other kid's family, oh, and he I was I thought he said, you should have protected them. For some reason, that was later on. Have he them. did, yeah. but, again, but he was, sure like, that he meant. was hallucinating, yeah. and... I yeah. just thought he was projecting it, I thought he was projecting himself on the kid. Listen, but, I'll
1: yeah. say one thing. The kid is the most alien thing in the movie because somehow his vocal cords are on the side of his neck.
0: I know. Because he can't <laughs>
1: talk, but he has a slash on the side of his neck and I'm like, Why can't you talk? Or make any noises at all?
0: Scientist Helen, maybe you can help us with that.
2: I don't know anything about vocal cords. <laughs> I, I thought maybe it was more of a trauma related thing, and he just happened to have a wound on his neck or whatever. I don't know.
1: I mean, I think they should have just said he got his tongue cut out. That would have been much easier. I can't speak because I got my tongue cut out. Like, that's usually what they do, uh-huh. I feel like. That's yucky.
0: Yeah, no, th- actually, I was expecting that. Like, when they said, just ask him, oh, yeah, he can't talk. You're expecting him to open his mouth and show a cut yep.
1: tongue. Instead, he's like, oh, I got this, l- I got this, l- I got, this I got slice. a shaving nick on yeah. my side of my neck, and I can't, <laughs> I just can't talk anymore. Sorry, guys.
0: But it was also weird that it was black. Did you see that? That the, the no. blood the blood was black. It wasn't like blood. It wasn't red, bloody. Oh,
1: yeah. so I, don't so know. I guess I don't it was know. old, it was weird. Well, old yeah. or something. I don't know. <laughs> All right, and and next, can we talk about the other relationship in the movie, which is Daniel and Allison? Since Allison's gonna um, get her part in the movie here. So obviously, you find out that they're married, uh, estranged. I guess as she lost the uh, the baby some time ago.
0: For me. I hate to say it, this was the least believable relationship in in the film for me. I don't, It wasn't bad. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't like they were strangers and they were trying to fake it like in Flatliners or something like that. But I just felt like they were trying to create... I mean, it, and it's probably just because they were estranged, but I just wasn't buying it 100%. I didn't either,
2: to be honest with you. I Because I, I think you go in there thinking that she was going to be the one who was really upset over everything, but then... She wanted to communicate with him, and he just wasn't able to communicate with her. So I was like confused as to who really had the most
0: emotional breakdown over the whole thing. I liked that it was complicated, though. Right? When you were watching it a second time, though, what what was your whole take on that thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought it was vague. I mean, I definitely thought it was in in an. underutilized part of the movie. And I don't know if that was intentional or they edited, had to edit out stuff. I imagine in the editing process, this might've been something that got cut because what I got out of their relationship, and I thought it was realistic in the sense that like, they had lost a child. And so they just weren't, they weren't able to work through it together. And they were estranged, but they weren't estranged like they were getting divorced estranged. It was just more like they couldn't deal with each other's stuff. They had to deal with it on their own. And she was obviously further along than he was, but I will say that I don't know. Really, it was used as a plot device so that they could do the whole like you're a mother now later on. You know, I felt like they didn't do it justice as much as they could have.
0: Yeah, I didn't love it. I mean, it was it was an interesting plot twist because you know there's something going on with them and there's something weird going on with the hospital and then he gets there and then his ex wife's there, but they're estranged. Yeah, they're estranged, and I mean, but it didn't feel as closely tied in to the movie as all the other pieces to me.
1: Kim and Ben stay with Maggie while Daniel, Vincent, and Simon interrogate James. James explains that Powell has the power to transform people. The three men force James to come with them downstairs. Allison regains consciousness on an operating table where Powell explains that he has found a way to defy death after the loss of his daughter, Sarah. Having flayed off his face, Powell shows Allison that something now grows inside of her. Daniel, Vincent, and Simon and James find a hidden area in the basement and end up surrounded by deformed corpses brought back to life. One of these creatures kills James as the other three men get separated.
2: So, like, when I first... I Like, I really liked how they shot the creatures throughout this. Because you didn't get a really good head-on full lighted view of what it was like mm-hmm. you just felt like you saw this weird face and something like guess what the baby it was a baby face but it was like the tentacles uh, is this like reminiscent of the cthulhu that you That's
1: lovecraft yeah. yeah well yeah it reminded tentacles. me of
0: the um pirates of the caribbean guy who oh, has like the Dave, squid. Face. jones yeah hundred percent yeah yeah i have to say when we were reading that wiki and i said eighty four thousand dollars crowdfunded i went holy shit That is crazy. These effects were amazing for $84,000. I thought they did a really good job. Nothing looked super fake. No. It's
1: also the way it was shot. I mean, that's a thing.
2: Right. But But it was artfully done. Yes.
0: It was well done and horribly creepy. Oh, my God. the What's-her-face monster? Yeah. was terrifying that it's like this, oh, growing out. And then later we have the skulls on the creatures. And mm -hmm. holy cow. Amazing job.
1: so, two things. First, I think it was reminiscent of uh, annihilation and the sort of morphing of the DNA of some of those creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, there's one particular scene when uh, Daniel comes in to confront the Beverly creature, right? And it's shot from like the Beverly creature's point of view, I think. Mm-hmm. You see the side of her, I think. And there's a fluorescent light that's hanging down, mm-hmm. and it's got really yellow. And he, the way he's walking with the axe and he's coming around the corner, like, I thought the way that that scene or that shot was was lit was really good. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, it stood out to me the second time I watched it.
0: It makes me laugh because I can't deal with strobe lights. Like, when we go to haunted houses and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm still not wearing glasses and I'm still not wearing, like, night vision or anything like that. But I cannot deal with with strobe lights. And all I could think is going into that situation, I don't know what I would do. Would I keep the light up or would I hack it down and let my eyes adjust, (laughs) just deal with like the other fluorescent light behind me because, oh my gosh, for sure. And then getting all up on there and those other guys trying to like hack it out and this and that. Oh, and okay. So fast forwarding future into the movie, the other thing that I just thought related to that that was so funny is that at some point, again, our buddy cop, Danny, Says, you know, and what you got, a couple of fire axes, like that's going to get you anywhere. And then what you realize is later in the movie, all they have are the axes, right? They're totally out of ammunition and they're just hacking away at everybody. And so I just thought that was like a very like Shaun of the Dead type of moment. I thought it was pretty comical without being overly stated.
1: So we have the Beverly creature. And then the second, I think, big creature we have there is Allison um, gets turned into... Whatever she gets turned into, right? She's the mother of whatever this creature is. Yeah. And the the part in the movie we're at right now is where Doctor Powell's explaining all this to her, and you you think maybe Danny can save her, right? That he can still get down there and save her, and then no, nope, he kind of puts the blank that the um cover back, and there's her stomachs writhing and all this grossness. And at that point, I was like, uh, she's gone.
2: Yeah, I just was um like disturbed over the so he sees her as her pregnant self i guess when they lost the child and then when he realizes that that's not what's going on like it's like undulating on her on her belly but when the baby thing i guess comes out it's not like a baby it's a six foot tall monster like it Right? Like, well it's, it's more I like miss?
1: a plant thing. It's a little later on. Yeah, but the the um Are you talking about the of... other
0: pregnant chick or or the wife? The wife that's on the table. Wait, who's Allison?
2: Yes. The the, the wife's, wife's on the, the table.
0: table. And yeah. she's yeah. almost, like, connected in, like, like a, a natural yeah, tree yeah, it's like type it's a tree. Actually, very, right. like, Annihilation. Very, like, like... Annihilation again. Okay, Where, so remember I missed... the, the roots are almost growing out in the um, yeah,
2: the, tenti-
1: the tentacles.
2: Yeah, I just was like, how did it go from, like, I don't know. That one confused yeah. me. But I don't know if it's because I saw her pregnant belly of normal pregnancy. No, I and agree. I couldn't
0: use my mind to go that route, mm-hmm. that it could just be large. No, I totally agree. I was a little confused with that. So, kind of going back to what you were saying, Ray, was... I did not lose all hope when I saw the creepy crawly undulating belly. So I saw that right with the doctor, and she's still alive. Right. She's actually alive at this point. And the drive for the movie is for Daniel to get down there and save the wife. But I've got to tell you, I was on enough of, like, a roller coaster going through this that I was enjoying the ride. There was so much going on, like, going into that weird twisty maze with the different rooms and, like, is this really a floor? Is this a psychological trick again? And then getting into the room with the bodies. I mean, there was just so much going on. That the doctor with the wife again felt to me very separated from like a space and time perspective. That I was kind of like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Like it didn't it didn't degrade my enjoyment of the movie with her potentially being at at threat or like past threat to your point, Ray. Right? Like you know like being donezo. Um, and then to your point, Helen, like getting there and then her having already like sprouted. I was like. Did she deliver something? She just, like, grew into the room. I'm not really, I'm not 100% understanding, but it was a cool effect. Like, it was a super cool scene, right, that he got in there, and he's visually seeing her while she's pregnant. And you're like, oh, like, is this a flashback, or is this just what he's seeing? And, again, I like the confusion of it. I thought that was smart.
1: As Maggie enters labor, Kim hesitates to perform a C-section. As Ben pleads with Kim, Maggie stands and slits his throat, revealing she's carrying Dr. Powell's child. Kim hides as the cultists enter the building and Maggie leaves. Daniel finds Allison in the operating room pregnant. Looking again at Allison, he sees an Allison creature with tentacles extending from her body. Powell's voice speaks to Daniel, who finally attacks his wife's mutilated remains with an axe. Daniel is transported to a morgue room with a glowing triangle on the wall. Powell's voice tells Daniel that he found an ability to conquer life and death. Powell promises that Daniel can have his child back if he's willing to die first. Maggie appears and stabs Daniel. Powell appears skinless and partly and partly mutilated in front of the triangle as Maggie kneels before him. Powell recites an incantation before the triangle as a now-frightened Maggie's torso explodes, birthing the Sarah creature. Vincent and Simon arrive and battle it. The Sarah creature overcomes Vincent, but he covers it in isopropyl alcohol, allowing Simon to set them both on fire with a flare. Powell tells Daniel that he can be with Allison if he stops resisting and lets go. Daniel refuses and attacks him, leading them both to tumble into the void. Meanwhile, the Sarah creature pursues Simon, who escapes and is teleported back to the hospital to reunite safely with Dr. Kim. Daniel and Allison are shown holding hands in another world beneath a black pyramid. I do want to make a note. Apparently, I have got Vincent and Simon mixed up, so I apologize. Simon is the the kid, and Vincent is the father, or maybe not father, but the hick guy.
0: Yeah, the the middle-aged man.
1: The middle-aged man.
0: Simon's the neck wound. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay. Yep.
0: <laughs> All right. So I do just, I do want to say really quickly that, I mean, even though Kim, I loved her as like this sort of like pseudo nurse character or whatever, I couldn't have cared less about the whole C section thing. I was like, oh my God, I just don't care. But I will also say, since Maggie, the one who is pregnant, wound up slicing the throat of her own grandfather, right? in the whole reveal that, oh, I'm carrying Dr. Powell's love child, which you knew something creepy was going on. So I actually love that. Like, I didn't put two and two together. I didn't guess that. Did you guys guess that?
1: The only thing I caught on the second watch is she says in that scene, I think at the beginning when she's kind of delirious, she's like, is he here yet? Or is he there yet? Or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they kind of are like, what? And they kind of go past it. I think she says Daniel. I think Kim's like, oh, no, Daniel's whatever, this, that, and the other thing. And he, she's referring to Dr. Dr. Powell, Powell, I think.
0: Okay, yeah, I remember her saying that good call because I was thinking baby daddy. Right. That's I, was what like, I was like, well, where too? the hell is your husband? And Which makes sense that ultimately it's like the doctor. And it also makes sense from a plot perspective that she would even feign pregnancy pains to be there that night for this event or whatever. Right, so, that makes So the sense. whole thing like full circle I thought actually made sense. But I was super glad and happy when she bit it in the end because you're like you're an ignorant like you know naive little girl that had this doctor's love baby like what what did you think was going to happen, you know of course your whole body explodes and you're eating from Gross, the inside out with this the alien yeah,
1: the, the like, whole splat and that's of all what the blood. yeah and that's, that's what that's what
0: you get for you know like yeah. Scalpel slicing your own grandfather. So eat it, Maggie.
1: Yeah, no, true. Um, But, but it's so – but <laughs> one of the things that's weird, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but one of the things that's weird is that Dr. Powell goes on and on about his daughter's death. And that yet when this creature is born, the Sarah creature is born from Maggie, first of all, it looks nothing like, I don't know, his daughter. And then he basically ignores it after that. He lets Simon and Vincent – you know, attack it and it chases them and
0: track it down and hunt it. Yeah.
1: He doesn't seem to care one way or the other. He's He's like, wait a minute. I got this triangle thing. I got to get the the portal open, I guess.
0: Yeah. He's just hanging out with the triangle. All right. I don't want to pick the plot apart, but that was definitely blatantly one of my issues with it. Like that he birthed, that he rebirthed his daughter, quote unquote. And then clearly it was not the reincarnation of his daughter and that he didn't even give a shit. Like at least you could be like, oops, I guess I've got to try again like that. I would get, like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, that would have been weird plot-wise. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, that that part didn't make a lot of logical sense to me. I did like
2: Maggie's reaction after she kills the grandfather. I thought that was legitimate. Like, I am crazy into this cult of a believer. Like, the look on her face was perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah her teeth were great too right sort of like the inward teeth <laughs> yeah like like she's been sort of like you know frumpy face and sad and like i'm in labor pains the whole time and then she gets this really creepy smile towards the end i agree she yeah she played yes. into it super well
1: all right so daniel hacks his wife up yeah. this is the the sort well, of plant lady and
0: what did you guys think about that because that was such an elongated scene of him hacking her up
1: I thought it was stylistic the way they shot it through like the door and then the shadow, the silhouette. Like, it didn't make any sense like from the way that the room was set up, I thought, that you would actually see that but I could get the idea that it was stylistic. I'd rather see that than him actually hacking her apart, so.
2: I guess I thought that maybe you would I don't know. Like, it goes back to why I didn't think the relationship was all that realistic because if he was the one having the hardest time, I would have thought he would have pulled what Simon did with Vincent, when Vincent was going to die. Like, Simon had a really hard time setting the monster on fire because it had Vincent. Am I getting the names right? Yes. Yes. Um, So I felt like he should have had a harder time just – I felt like he just went right into it. I didn't think he had – any emotional connection to the fact that he was going to hack up his creature wife
0: yeah i'm with you helen i was left completely unimpressed by that scene out of the whole movie and even like the super crazy non-daughter baby alien thing like which didn't make any sense that that scene of the whole movie annoyed me the most because exactly the same thing like do you care about the wife or do you not care about the wife? You're quickly hacking her up. It's this elongated scene. I think it's really meant to mean something, but I guess we just didn't buy into the two of you enough as a character for this to be traumatic for to us as viewers. But it just wound up being awkward and way too long and not, quite honestly, not stylistically cool enough to pull it off.
1: So we enter the end stage, right? So you've got Daniel... He now appears in the triangle room, and then Maggie comes and stabs him in the back, right, with a, one of the knives. And then he watches as uh, the Sarah creature gets born, and Dr. Powell's now—I don't know if it's the same actor, to be completely honest with you. Maybe it's the same actor, but he's all—in in my notes I have written in this— have you seen Masters of the Universe, the He-Man movie from the 80s? I mean... With Dolph Lundgren in it? Like, at the end with Skeletor, when he's, like, before the Eye of Eternia, and he's, like, "Oh, absolute power, all this stuff. Like, that, it just screamed that to me. I was not... I, I thought the idea of this full-body sort of morph thing, that he he's still humanoid-looking. I didn't like that. I mean, to... Telling to your point, talking about like you know they didn't show everything; they was all shadowed. He was obviously on display, right? And I thought that that was the weakest—I don't know—a like effect a or makeup job in the movie, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I—I I guess it's when he's standing at the end. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm referring to. I kind of felt like I, of course, don't remember He Man too much, but um, <laughs> I remember the cartoon <laughs> and She-Ra, but I don't uh-huh. remember the actual movie that you're referring to. Yeah, the movies, but I. <laughs> I felt more Hellraiser esque. I don't know why. No, yep. Yeah.
1: no, it's it's. I think you're right on target there. I think it is okay. very Hellraiser esque. Yeah. Yep. Which Hellraiser also is a, a, a more Lovecraftian sort of cosmic oh, horror yeah. type of type of movie. And it's only movie.
2: like the classic images that I, because I don't really think I've ever seen the full movie. Yeah. That I'm seeing, like the the connection.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I mean, I, I just have to say, I love that effect. I mean, the black skeleton type of. I was like, oh wow. I mean, I didn't know what to make of it or what to think of it because one of the things that wasn't explored very well in this really was what was this religion? What was this belief? What the fuck did this all mean? I mean, we really don't know. um, But I mean, just his physical presence of that black skeleton, black skin, and, you know, peeling and, you know, going through this metamorphosis was really fascinating. It was
2: well done from an effects perspective and everything was oozy and I felt like that was ooh yeah you know super... helped with
0: the uh, mm-hmm. the
2: realistic look to all of this filleting of your skin or
0: yeah yeah the peeling yeah. and like you said, sort of just like the right the butterfly emerging from the chrysalis type of thing right it was yeah. yeah, very much like that.
1: So he opens the portal, right the triangle portal. And Daniel does his, I guess, sacrifice. I'm, I'm not entirely sure whether he believes he's going to go see his wife again or not. He says yes at the end, but he shoves him through the portal. And then the sub-basement, uh, extra-dimensional pocket or whatever it happens to be closes up. Uh, Simon gets out. Mm-hmm. And um, Simon and Kim are the only two left at the end.
0: Wow. Yeah, yeah,
1: which I actually kind of liked Kim. Uh, after the grandfather's killed, like I don't know something about her. All of a sudden, I was like, yeah, I'm am cool. I'm cool with you. I don't know.
0: Yeah, she was fine. I mean, I think she was a cool character throughout the movie. I mean, I think you take these you know blatantly secondary characters and then you're just wound up with them. I I I feel like the third act just dropped the ball. I mean, quite honestly, I totally would go back and watch this movie again, but I'm hoping that I like the third act considerably better because the whole. Like, I like the idea of the, oh, is this a mystery basement, and does this space really exist? Or, again, is it, like, a metaphysical trick? I like that whole idea, and then you get into it more, and then you're like, no, it's got to be a physical space. But then there's something, again, mental playing with, you know, sort of the projections. Like, I like that whole confusion throughout the third act, but then the whole idea that they get into, like, I mean, the wiki's saying it's the morgue. With this passageway in it, which seems kind of, like, ridiculous, quite honestly. And then you get this triangle in the wall that, you know, transforms into a portal of some, you know, place in different space and time. And then you get, like, the cop who, quote-unquote, sacrifices himself or, like, you know, grabs Skeletor and throws him through the triangle. <laughs> and you're like... Did you think that was going to kill him? What was your end game? What was the point? I don't. Well, I, guess, don't I guess he didn't have anything else. Any he didn't sense. have anything else
1: to do. I mean, he stabbed in the back. Like he's being held know. by the guy. Like you, you, that's a desperate. Shove him through the portal and see what happens.
0: Yeah, but no. then
2: he ends up holding hands with Allison. I didn't get it. I did, didn't yeah, then jive Well,
1: me. the end doesn't. I mean, I'm not sure that the very end where they're standing there in another dimension. And I mean, it makes sense for the cop to be there because right. he physically sort of went there. I don't know if it makes sense for her to be there. And I don't know if it's supposed to mean, mean that he did something right as far as this extra dimensional entity, whoever's, you know, kind of helping Dr. Powell. Or teaching him, like, whether he gave him his wife back or not. Like, oh, that's very ambiguous.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I know that you don't know that is exactly directly after being pushed through the portal, but it just didn't, like, I wouldn't say that they were in a great place.
0: They're just in a desolate, windy, pyramid-ridden area. Yeah. And I'm not saying, like, it has to make literal sense, because obviously this whole movie doesn't make literal sense. I enjoy that whole, like, weird what the fuck is going on. But, like, when you wind up in, like, Beetlejuice sand, like, worm zone, and that's the end of the movie, you're like, what the
1: fuck? It's, yes. a, it's a setup for the sequel. I have a oh, lot of WTF throughout my notes. Oh, my God.
0: Oh, my God. That's exactly <laughs> what I have. Shut up. I have Triangle on the Wall, WTF. Monster Baby, WTF. <laughs> Mute Kid jumps out of the collapsing walls. Why? And Illuminati or Zool as well. I have WTF is happening I with think, bodies? I
1: think I think you <laughs> ladies need to go read some Lovecraft and get some cosmic horror under your belt, and then it won't be because that's a whole because yeah. it's because I think it's the subgenre maybe yeah. that's 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 where, maybe, where it's sticking yeah. sticking.
0: No, but you have to admit the monster baby like you just have another what the fuck what the fuck what the yeah. fuck like yeah, yeah, the no, entire end of the no, movie. No, and I and I
1: will not disagree that they could have made it make more sense and still not lose anything. Um, I. I but I don't know why they yeah. did what they did.
0: Yeah. I, and I don't know that I could fix it for them, but, you know, it is what it was. All
1: right. Well, Helen, do you, you want to go to Chill, Kill, and Thrill?
2: Let's do it. Chill, Kill, and Thrill. Okay. Who wants to go first? Oh, baby. Right? Ray? Right. Well, I always first. go first. right? do. I mean, you're the guy. I feel well, like, well, you know, I, there's a
1: lot of female. I should opinion. be between the ladies then. No, 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 I'm no, no, <laughs> <no>. just saying. <laughs> Okay. We'd
0: like to hear your input first. All right, kill,
1: kill, chill, and thrill. Okay, can I unkill somebody instead of kill them? Because I would like to unkill James, the meth guy. Because out of everybody in this movie, that poor guy was a victim. And everyone treated him like shit the entire time. And basically <laughs> sacrificed him by taking him in the basement. So Daniel was cool, but he also was kind of a dick to James. So I'd like to unkill him if I can.
2: Okay, why As not? far
1: as chill, I would like to to chill I mean honestly i chill with Daniel because I just like that guy so much mm. I mean I, I almost want to just chill with the actor like if I could find him on Twitter and, and maybe stalk him for a while but anyway uh, we'll move on uh, and then as far <laughs> as thrills concerned uh, I'm gonna have to go with Kim I, I feel like she's that could annoying, get fun. yeah, but like
2: she seemed like a party girl, like you would, wanna...
1: yeah, she definitely yeah. did. And like she was all into like the <laughs> degloving and all that. And you know,
2: degloving,
1: that's okay, yeah, degloving.
2: She took her gloves off, like I don't get it. No,
1: no, it was, it was in the book. Uh, she was going through with Cliff at the beginning and oh. saying, Look, here's a picture of this degloving, and it's like taking the skin off your hand or something like that. I don't know, I'm not a doctor, but but um, yeah, degloving. Oh. I mean, it, wait, when. You're talking about thrilling. I think degloving means maybe something different, but that's okay. Uh,
0: yeah. well, that's <laughs> I, I didn't know what we were talking about there. I was like, <laughs> I'm not touching that one.
2: <laughs> yeah. I was. I couldn't figure out what she was saying, but I had never heard of that term, degloving. Look it up. Of, well, I mean, I've heard of debridement. I worked at a burn hospital for a bit, but not degloving of the skin on your hands, but whatever. It's fine. It was a
0: nurse's textbook. You I'm, know. I'm good. I don't need to know anything about any of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, for my kill, I'd actually kill that really fucking obnoxious state trooper. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. Right? We didn't even talk about him in this whole thing. Oh, my gosh. So condescending. He was mean. So obnoxious. Yeah. I'm glad he met his end, but I'd kill him all over again just because he was so annoying. He was a dick. He, yes, 100%. Okay, weirdly enough, I chose dr richard powell to chill with really i did just because i was like hmm cult leader interesting but i could learn something
1: well he likes to watch people have sex and then mutate them into crazy creatures so i yeah. guess
0: i mean as long as like i box him into the chill box then yeah i chill and have like a ha- like half an hour couch conversation with him uh <laughs> and then thrill obviously i thrill with daniel our cool cop
2: I have the same thrill, obviously, because he was attractive and funny and mm-hmm. a cop, so he has a uniform. For my kill, now, bear in mind, I would probably not want to kill a pregnant person, but I could not stand Maggie. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's the fair. whole time, just couldn't stand her. So if she wasn't pregnant, yeah. like non, yeah. Well, even she had even if she's a demon she, baby. She, she, I yeah, just it was feel, a demon baby. Yeah, and I still, still feel bad about that. Yeah. I just have to give her to her. Yeah. I would hang out with Kim. Yeah. I think we can go to some parties. Like, yeah. not serious, Kim. I need fun, Kim. that feel fair. like she could be That's fun. fair.
1: First act, Kim.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. not, like, for hanging out with. Just to party with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to be really close friends. I'm with you. Yeah. Booze crew. Yes.
1: N- n- neither, do I, neither do I.
0: We're good. I'd I join that booze crew. We'd be good.
1: All right. Well, now that we've reviewed the movie, it's time to rate it. Only the best movies make it to the top of the hill, and to be the best, they have to perform in three categories. First... Technical composition, which represents how well the movie is made, including the script, directing, cinematography, acting, and effects. Second is impact, which represents how well the movie accomplished its emotional intent. Was it scary? Was it funny? Did it make you question mankind or the nature of your reality? And third, enjoyment. It's pretty simple. How much did you enjoy watching the movie? Would you watch it again? Do you never want to see it again? All right, well, and why don't we start with you? Why don't you give us your three scores?
0: Don't I always start?
1: Well, I always start Kill, Chill, and Thrill, so...
0: Okay. All right. So let's go through this. So for technical. So I agree with Helen. Actually, I thought the effects were pretty amazing. And when I saw that it was an $84,000 budget, I know I shouldn't be swayed because that's not the point. But I mean, I'm just even that much more impressed. Um, Yes, we mentioned that plot holes type of thing kind of annoyed me a little bit. So I got to take some points off for that. But all in all, I'm giving technical an eight. Impact, it was all over the place. Like I said, different genres combining things. I thought it started off super strong. I thought the mid-act was fantastic. I thought the third act dropped the ball a little bit. But overall, I'm giving um, the impact a 7. And then for enjoyment, I liked it a lot. Like I said, I I actually really want to go back and actually see this again. Um, So enjoyment, I'm going to give it an 8 as well. Okay, Helen. So I don't know if
2: I'm just in a mood tonight, but I rated it a little bit lower. (laughs) So for technical composition, I gave it a seven. I, like and really enjoyed the effects. I think my favorite part of the scene was when I think the junkie is getting killed by the contortionist guy. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. Like, I don't know who the contortionist guy was, but it was absurd effect.
1: It's also pretty scary.
2: Yeah, it was really... I, I mean, contortionism in itself is freaky, even if you're wearing normal clothes. No offense
1: to contortionists out there listening no, to right No, I mean, I
2: just think it's an amazing thing, and my body does not work like that. <laughs> For Impact, I gave it a five because I'm just confused. <laughs> That's fair. And then Enjoyment, I gave it a five. I definitely would watch it again, but I think the ending was so, I don't want to say poor because I'm sure there was a point to it, but just I missed, I'm missing the boat on that one, so I gave it a five.
1: All right, and I gave Technical a seven. I gave it five points for the actor that played Daniel alone. So I did have uh, some weaknesses in the third act. Uh, so that I couldn't really go above a seven uh, for impact. They gave it a five as well. Um, I felt like, you know, it was, it was spookier the second time. Like I said, it was scarier the second time, but I didn't, it didn't have a, a visceral impact like some of the other movies that we've, that we've um, watched. I mean, it certainly wasn't as viscerally gory as, um, terrifier
0: well what is yeah
1: Um, nor did i think it was necessarily as psychologically a complex as annihilation so anyway five and enjoyment i gave it an eight because i really enjoyed it It, this is the type of movie you could put on on any you know monster movie night you have people over and you want to watch scary movies and it doesn't take a whole lot of emotional power or brain power to um to have to invest in the movie so an eight
0: Okay, so for scoring, that means Ray, you rated this yet again an ominous 6.66, which we love to do. Um, I rated this at the top, as you can imagine, at a 7.66, so a whole point higher. And Helen, you were liking it, but not loving it at a 5.66. So it really brought this whole piece to a 6.67.
1: Yeah, so obviously not at the top of the hill, but certainly a little above average, which I think fits pretty good for this movie
0: i think it was mostly carried by cute cup oh
2: yeah i think all of us had a crush on him yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i will say if you took him out of this movie and if you replaced him with a very average actor i mean this would have dropped a couple of points no I, I agree i completely right. agree yeah he was a hidden gem yeah. i mean
1: I mean, you, you <laughs> could you could cut this movie down to 45 minutes and just have all the scenes with him in it I and mean, it would have been just as good probably
0: Yeah, this is definitely like good date night making out material for sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, if you enjoyed this podcast, help us grow our audience. Rate and review us on iTunes and please share with your friends and family on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media platforms. Give us a shout out to tell us how we're doing or suggest movies to review. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also email us at host.hth at gmail.com. I want to thank you for joining us for this episode of Hilltop Horror Movie Reviews. I'm your host, Ray Richards. And on behalf of my co-hosts, thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time.